Experience worship. True worship. Experience the word. Bringing you wholeness. Experience the warmth of fellowship. Experience wholeness at Lighthouse. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at the Lighthouse. House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. Visit our website at www.lighthousenergy.org or contact us at info at lighthousenergy.org. The Lighthouse, lighting your pathway to destiny. about our services. They are not pre-discussed, but you just enter into a service, and you know that you have to share the word, and then from the songs to the prayer session, everything is just building on. And tonight, I believe, I trust God, uh, with the few time I will spend in the message, uh, I believe you will be blessed. I believe you will be blessed by the word of God. Praise God. I'm speaking tonight on the family unit. The family unit. I just want to, uh, as the Holy Spirit laid it upon my heart, and um, we, we, we touch on the subject of unforgiveness, and then we will take um, how people, from people's experiences, how they've been able to overcome that in their own lives. Praise God. I said praise the Lord. So, Let me pick the, my test. Genesis 2.24. Let me just pick it as my test tonight. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. It said, therefore, it means when you read, there are certain things preceding. When you read, therefore, in other words, you're saying, this is the conclusion. Uh, this is what I want you to Advised by. He said, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. The family unit has a special place in the heart of God. It has a special place. The family unit. God knows us more than we know ourselves. So in his wisdom, he said, a man shall leave. So there is that mindset that he wants to also put in us because maybe sometimes a man doesn't want to actually leave. But God wants us to reproduce generation for him. And so how he laid down this principle, a man will leave his father and mother and then, of course, automatically, if he's going to take on a wife, the wife is also leaving his father and mother, and they are joined together, and then they become one flesh. It's the divine mystery when it comes to the subject of marriage. But the truth is that the family unit has a special place in the heart of God. God himself put premium on the family unit. In Psalm 68, verses 5 and 6, 
The Bible says that even the solitary, God has planted in family. He's the father to the fatherless. He's the defender of the widows. Verse 6, I want us to read it. It said, God set the solitary in families. So, the family unit has a special place in the heart of God. Every blessing of God that he has put upon a man is usually upon that man and his family. For Abraham in Genesis chapter 2, 12 verse 3. Genesis chapter 12 verse 3. We read about Abraham. Genesis chapter 12 verse 3. Reading about Abraham, he said, The Lord, 12 3, he said, I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curses you. He said, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So every blessing of God over man or man is upon him and his family. In Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, Joshua was making a commitment. Joshua was making a commitment. In the midst of indecision, Joshua 24, 15, he was making that commitment. He said, but as for me, I don't know about you. He said, it seems, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, he said, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether it's the gods of the, that the forefathers served that were on the other side of the river or the god of the Amorites in, his, in whose land you dwell. But he made this commitment. He said, but as for me, because Joshua has experienced that, as for me, I don't know about every other person. He said, and my house, we have made a commitment to the Lord. In Acts chapter 16, verse 31. Acts 16, verse 31. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Said so you and your household. So the blessings of God is usually upon a man and his family. The world, our world today, is in constant turmoil. And change is happening around us every day. And this change has also affected family. But in the midst of the changing situation in our world, God designed the believer to build stronger families for him. That family that will impact the society. So you find out that just like we are led to raise the prayer point tonight, the family unit is the bedrock of every society. The family unit is the bedrock of every society and God has designed you and I who are believers to model Christ to the world through his impact upon our family. And we have the raw material. We have the building blocks. We have truth. We have love. We have peace. We have patience. We have joy. These are things that God has invested in the life of the believers that is supposed to manifest in our relationship just like it has Manifested in the relationship between Christ and the church. The church, everything about the church is built on the truth. It's built on love. It's built on patience, joy. 
So God wants us to raise families for him. It's just a reminder tonight. God wants us to raise family for him. In Psalm 22, verse 30, the Bible says, A seed will serve God, and that one singular seed shall be accounted unto the Lord for the next generation. In Psalm 127, verse 3, Psalm 127, verse 3, the Bible talks about, Behold, children are heritage from the Lord. Said the fruit of the womb is a reward. So God wants us to raise families for him. He wants us to raise good offspring for him. He wants us to live in an atmosphere where love is prevalent. And God himself was the one who started this concept of the family. In Genesis 1.26, he said, let us. So family is a teamwork. The family unit is cooperation. A man leaves his father, be joined to his wife, is cooperation. They start another generation. For God, they molded something different from where they are coming from. So, God was the one who started because God Himself has a family. He said, Let us make man in our own image. Jesus lived this concept, He lived in a family, the family of Joseph and Mary. And that family stand or stood as a testimony in their own time, in their own age. And then, God still has a family to this day. He has the church. That's why Ephesians we say, unto whom the whole family. He said, I bow my knees. That's what Paul says. So unto the Father, of whom the whole family in heaven and heart is named. So God wants us to build family from him. And tonight, I just want to remind us again that it is strong individuals in God who can build strong families. Strong individuals. Our roots must be in God. Zechariah 4, 6 is not by power. It's not by mind. But by my spirit. So, God wants us to succeed. And you know, when we mention that word, uh, a lot of people's minds just go to money. No, beyond money. God wants us to succeed spiritually. Our root must be deepened in him. He wants us to succeed financially. He wants us to succeed socially. He also wants us to succeed physically. He wants us to succeed in our marriages. He wants us to succeed in our businesses. He wants us to succeed in our career path. So when I make that statement, God wants us to succeed. It's an all-encompassing statement. In Dr. John 2, he said, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So when our families are healthy and we are operating the word of God, we become a powerful force that tears down walls of partition, breaking through barriers, experiencing healing, restoring broken down walls, and inspiring others to be, to build family for God. There is something about the atmosphere that when two people know God come together, they can use their faith to build stronger family. There's just something in that atmosphere, an atmosphere of peace, 
an atmosphere of joy, an atmosphere of love, an atmosphere where two people can show kindness, an atmosphere where two, they can model, I mean, as God gives them offspring, they can model the nature of Christ. There's just something about that atmosphere. And you see, that atmosphere also, there's just something that also happens if we allow things to slip from our hands. You know, in Psalm 133, verse 1, it says, How good and lovely. It says, When brethren can dwell together in unity. So, there is an atmosphere that families do have that we need to contend for. Otherwise, when we allow it to slip off from our minds, we can enter into offense. And it can grow into bitterness. And it can grow into unforgiveness. So, unforgiveness, when people allow it to happen or disrupt the unity of the family, number one, it causes sickness in people's body. This is proven by medical science. It causes sickness in people's body. Secondly, it causes unforgiveness, causes one's heart to become hardened. We become mean. I mean, where we are supposed to show kindness, it's meanness. Where we are supposed to show love, it's bitterness, it's hatred. So, unforgiveness can cause our heart to become hardened. It can become hardened to the point that it's even impossible for God himself to penetrate it. God is saying to you, forgive. And you are saying, no, you don't know what he has done. Even if you come down from heaven, have you met people who said that in conversation? That if God appears, I know go forgive. It's impossible for God to penetrate. It's also impossible for others to accept. You talk to people, they say, no, yeah, we will forgive when I'm ready. And then what happens when someone's heart is Impossible for God to penetrate when it's impossible for others to access. That life becomes a loveless life. People frown. They, they, they take every other. It's like they are touchy. They are hedgy. Praise God. So, number three things that unforgiveness does. It establishes a well of bitterness. A well of bitterness. And that well, people draw from it. They draw into their marriage, they draw into their work, they draw into their social life, into their emotions. Some people just carry negative vibes because they have allowed unforgiveness. Can I have an amen tonight? Can you relate to this message tonight? Yeah. I mean, you, 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 just, you just meet someone in the office and you say, good morning. And they, if you are not careful by their moods and all that, they just pick up quite easily. So, unforgiveness establishes a well of bitterness. The Bible talks about the well of wisdom. It said, out of that well should not flow bitterness. Out of the kindness well should not also flow bitterness. Number four tonight, unforgiveness will turn a person into a bad copy of themselves. Unforgiveness. We turn a person into a bad copy of themselves. Some people don't like what they are becoming. Some people are just, I mean, we, we, we have them in families. I mean, there are people who just fight everybody for no reason, for no cause. They just speak chorus. 
It's unforgiveness. They turn people into bad copy of themselves. And if we allow certain things to slip from our hands in marriage, it can break down our communication system in our marriages, in our relationship with other people. There are people who can't hold friendship. They can't just hold friendship. There are people who have seasonal friends, depending on their moods. That's what determines the kind of friendship that they have. But we can't live life that way. We are expected to build strong, stable, modern family for our God. Can I have an amen tonight? So I'm just going to stop here. Um, these are things that happen to everyday people. Um, if you want to share about experience tonight, how God has helped you to overcome um, such things, I think mean, we will be ready. But before we start, uh, please let me get the board ready. I had a conversation with someone today. We usually watch um, our services online, and she's been watching for the past few, um, I mean, since we started this series, and she said she wished she's not here, she's not in the country, but she wished she's home to share her story. And I said, well, that's, that would be an interesting thing, even though she hasn't uh, written it completely. But let me just... Um, read what she sent him. Um, I think one of the, he said, I wish I could share my experience. I don't know who, one of our brothers who said something here. How I got emotional healing because um, I can relate with the story of what you can call an irresponsible father. I was, he said, um, the truth is that as long as we open up our wounds to God and allow him to do what only him is capable of doing, we will not get real healing from these past experiences. He said, I came to the lighthouse with a lot of baggage that I didn't, I didn't want to deal with. But with constant exposure to the ministry of God's word came my deliverance. He said, after the healing, then came marriage for me. And because he knew that without dealing with those baggages, marriage would have been a mess for me. That's a very truthful person. Yeah. And if you ask me, that's what we've been doing through all this uh, series. I've, I've mentioned to you that good medical doctors, uh, if they find a wound to be septic, what do they do? They cut it through. And when they cut it through, it's very painful. But the pores must come out, and then they apply the medication, and then it, 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 the process of healing. The body has a way of healing itself. It's the process of healing can be aided, and then the person can, 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 can live without those pains anymore. But when we cover things up, there is nothing. Uh, I mean, doctors can't do anything. Even though the person is carrying it out in pain, they can't do So the Word of God is actually the healing agent. And tonight, I just want us to share our experiences, uh, maybe one but last time, because I think we will wrap it up by next week, Wednesday. Anyone wants to share with us how the things that you went through while growing up, how you were able to navigate through that uh, experience? Anyone? Anyone wants to share? Thank you. Let's appreciate her. At least she's bold, she's bold enough to, to start us how tonight. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, um, while growing up, my 
Emmy, 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 adjust the mic. Let's hear her. Yeah, this one. Okay, it was a reverend. Okay. So, um, while growing up, uh, my mom, we are Methodists, but there is one thing that she did. Um, she, uh, she got involved with one deeper life pastor. Oh. My mom. Okay. So every Sunday, by two, the pastor used to come to her house. And you met Methodist Church, we normally, you know, close late a little bit because of all the hymns and all that. So, and in our house, in the morning, on Sunday, we know it's very, uh, something that is constant. In the morning, we normally take bread and egg. And in the afternoon, is rice. So we'll have prepared the rice. It's about, for us about to eat that the pastor will just come in and you don't, you don't have any excuse. You have to close up, you know, cover your food and you have to go and sit down. And you know, the part life, they have a outline, plenty outline that they need to follow. So we have to sit. We demand through before. And it was on like that. So it's like introduce us to God Heli. Um, but there is um, a little, a little close. As much as uh, she introduced us to God early, I noticed that she, she does not got, get involved in her life. You know, even when I want to get married, it was later we, I and my younger sister was talking, not quite long, and I was like, ah. The training my mother gave us ah, is not good. That you know, it's not that. And I was like telling her that although it is, you know, the way they understand. So it become more more. We know she more. So, but we we know better. So we need to you know act better. What do I mean? I remember my father because I did not make my English. My father sent me packing from the house. Yes. And she said I should go and meet my uh, firstborn in Ibadan. We are in the world then. So I went to my sister. And my sister said, Ah, you may come over here, father. I have to come back to my father. You know, father, you know? And it's, and I remember by the time I got my waek and um, I did my jump. I got admission to UI, and I went to my dad. I told him, and he told me, ah, I, I've retired. I kept that um, admission letter. I got your admission letter. After that, I did to Polyede, the same story. So, you know, I kept the two admission letter for so long because, and I'm the kind of a child that do this, I'll do it. But I'm not like others, especially our last one. Like you, because I will stay with you. But you know, the kind of person I am. Um, for me, it's time for you to pack your things and move to this place. Ah, we pack, I will move. You know, I do all that. So later on, that you know becomes something that I was so bitter about that. Um, I will have achieved a lot. Azumi, you, 
you know, help me. And through all this, my mom did not, I remember the day it was just sitting there crying, doing nothing. So I vowed that no, if I got married and I have children, I must get involved in their life, no matter what. I must know everything about them. It's not that the dad will not get along, will not know, but I must get along, know, get involved with them, which I thank God that God is helping me to do. And, um, you know, I got a bit tired about that. I remember that um, he asked me to go and stay with his friend in Oshoko, and I stayed with him for long. He had me higher. You know, when you see, it's like a privilege. And I'm the kind of person that I am very, I, I don't, I'm not an idle person. I like to work. So, because of that opportunity, ah, you know, and I worked. It was from that man. I know how to do a lot of things. Ah, we don't go out all. Throughout my stay with Rama, we don't go out. The only thing we bought in the market is salt. Only thing we bought in the market. Everything we produce it ourselves in the house. Yes. The polish that we use to clean, ah, I can produce it for you. I, when we finish um, making the palm oil, the uh, canal, we will go and grind it. The, uh, hey. So we use it, we mix it with kerosene, and you know, that's our polish at home to shine the, 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 the. So I, I don't bath in the morning, I bath only in the night. Yes, I don't go out, we don't, we stay. So up to now, it's part of, you know, I'm a very homely person, I don't like going out. Until maybe two years ago, that I, I know what they call beach. That's what I've been in, in Lagos for like 20 years. Yes, I do tell people, but you know, something that I was like saying, very going what this thing I know the negative part he has on me. So I told myself, my children know, ah, uh-uh. uh, in fact, my children know beach more than they, in fact, they've been there before I, I was like, ah, you know, it's as bad as that. From mission house, to maybe a reserve area, and so I don't have no social life. Social, I'm very social. I remember when I was in that shop, a friend of mine came to visit me. Me, daddy. My my sister was doing her wedding. They told me, ah, kilo I did not attend. It's as bad as that. And my dad did not say anything wrong in it. So you can know how bitter I was towards him. But thank God, anyway. As um, it's not that uh, I can say that somebody tell me I uh, uh, forgive, but I was just, just telling myself, I work well, well, I'm working in the you know, keeping the uh, uh, all the admission letter. did has been done, so what is it? So you move ahead, you know, and I just this, you know. All the those packages that you cannot even SS So I have to have to drop it. And I was like, you know, and before my dad died, we are very close that um, you know, I remember when he, he was he was very sick for a long time, like 15 years, he had a stroke. 
and he will call me and he will tell me that he will call me and tell me ah for me you know I just um, when I look back now I I thank God although I've not gotten to the place I know I'm, I'm on my way and I will get there so and so I just all these things are necessary if you really know where you are going to all this it is a lesson and I used to tell myself that, see, it is a, a lesson for you. Or to mafi um so that you will let them know this is how life is. And but you know, when you have people around you, don't think that they amount to nothing. Even you don't know where they will get to in life. You understand? I remember when that man, that man, the wife has died now. You know. <laughs> but you know, I remember the man called me that I should come. But what I went through, you know, I was like, ah, you know, ah, I don't call him once in a while. I say hello to him. He has remarried to him. I greet him, but. Going to the, even my things are still there up to now because the most sunny morning light is all so and here we are yeah. praise the lord praise the lord can anybody pick any lesson from that who wants to share the lesson that you learned from that she has learned her own lesson by saying uh, whatever she went through she wasn't going to and leave our kids on their own, get involved in their lives. I, I picked up that lesson. And then, um, decision to just move on. The life is better. You can't dwell on the past. You can't dwell on the failures of the past. And I, I, I think I can put it in context. Second Corinthians 1.3 said, God of our comfort who comfort us in all our own troubles, so that with the same comfort we have received from him, we may be able to comfort others. So, she is able to highlight this story for us today, for us to learn from, because she's been, I mean, she's still work in progress, like every other person, but she's been able to see the impact of God's word in, um, in our life. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Who wants to share she wants to take a seat. To you. Okay. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, um, one of the things I wanted to say was what um, Safumi mentioned. Um, in all honesty, I understand that our parents, you know, I know I'm still growing. So, I understand that our parents really just, you know, brought us up the way they understood. So sometimes, they just, because sometimes I wonder in my home, I just wonder that, is it, is it that you did not plan for your children? I mean, you just, <laughs> you just give it to them and you want your world to take care of them and all of that. So it was, it was quite, um, it was quite um, a burden for me. I mean, uh, that was the way it was. But thanks be to God. So 
uh, where, where should I begin from? So this is it. So while growing up, while growing up, thank God that it made me to have an unusual quest for God right from when I knew. I knew I started reading the Bible consciously by myself from um, primary two. I was, um, what was this one? Sorry. I was, I was in, I was in primary two. Then I knew I started reading the Bible. I got my CRS teacher then told all the story of Samson. So that spurred me to read more of the scripture. So I was reading, reading with old King James Version, and I was reading and reading and reading. Before you know it, I had read primary six, sorry, primary, primary three, four, five, then GSS classes, I had read cover to cover and all of that. There were scriptures that really helped me. So what, what, um, what did this, this scripture help me from? Now this is it. So I was growing up, I was a chronic stammerer when I was growing up. A very chronic one that I eat my leg on the floor before I talk ah. <laughs> so, you know how to say good morning ah. Good, good. That's the way I actually talked then. And I was like that till about six, seven years before that, you know, reduced a bit. So, you know the um, predicament of a stammerer, a chronic one for that matter. They are usually, you know, you don't let them, they want to express themselves, but they don't have a way to really express themselves that much with their voices. So um, they keep to themselves. They are bitter about things because people around them are likely to tell them to shut up, keep quiet, don't do you know, all of those things. So in a way, I got shut out, so I like to just keep to myself. And I, uh, so sometimes you would do some things and you find your parents just beating you, beating you, beating you, and you want to explain, but you can't because, you know, there is this um, predicament you have. Next thing is that uh, I also, now it was, there were two things I had as, as just an unwritten rule in me then that I ate it when I offend someone and I ate it when someone offends me. They put me in difficult situations, I mean uncomfortable situations. When I feel like I've offended you or I know that you offend me, they just put me in one uncomfortable situation because I'm not free. But I could not express this thing. Sometimes I want to speak with my parents and shut up. This, this. If you want to explain the explanation that you are talking in the presence of an elder, or presence of your, you know, just flog you and all of that. So I kept myself for a, for a long time. A long time. And sometimes it just made me to tell myself, well, there's nothing to learn in this environment. I mean, yeah, I told myself that it's nothing to learn in this environment. Let me just go out and learn stuff. And thank God that it made me to get conversant with the scriptures to learn a lot of things. One of the scriptures that really stayed with me, I, I can't remember now, but it's in 1 Corinthians. It says, all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. Then, what I, I do a lot of, you know, in-depth studies, and I'm like, what is expedient? What is lawful? What do they mean? So I discovered that, <laughs> I discovered that everything is good to do, right? But some things are not helpful. Some things are not important. Some things are not relevant. You don't add up to your journey. Don't do them. So I told myself, okay, instead of me to hold bitterness for a long time, I learned from that scripture to, and from the story of Jesus to really differentiate an offense from the offender. 
So something happened when I was still growing up. There's a particular man beside our, the man is dead, beside our house then. They call him Baba Osas. This man is a very fairy man. When he, when he jams you, not when he, when he jams you, you know that somebody jam you. That's the way the man is. He beats his children. But there was one day he just, he just looked at me and he was saying all sort of things. I mean, he was angrily speaking. And I was wondering within myself, what did I do to this man? What did I do to this man? Another day it was like that. Another day it was like that. Until one day I was just in my room and I'm like, what did I do to him? Then I, how, as fairy as he was, as very, in fact, when you look at him, you are, you are afraid. I just went to him that night. I just told him that, sir, I don't know what I've done to you. Every time I pass here, there's a way you speak. I mean, anytime I'm with your child, there's a way you talk, this, 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 that. And then he looked at me. Then he said, now who teach you this, teach you this thing? What you can't do? I said, nobody taught me. I just came to apologize if I've done anything wrong to you. Now, that particular action was not really from me, but because of the scriptures and the understanding that I had. Because before, if it was me before, I would have grudge, serious grudge, and I would look at you and keep that bitterness within me and find, because it was, it was hard for me to express myself, I looked for a way to punish you secretly. I was very, yeah, I was very, very quiet and very, I would just make sure that I find a way to, to hurt you somehow, somehow. I mean, but, but reading the scriptures and understanding that the offender and the offense are two different things. So if this person had the understanding I had, he would not do that to me. That's just what I do tell myself. I have the understanding now that I, uh, uh, I, I should not just be offending you or be doing evil to you. If you had that understanding, you won't do it to me. So let me just put you, so the different entities, the offense and the offender. So that was one of the things that helped me to um, do away with grudge, do away with malice, be able to forgive. And, uh, you know, sometimes I look at myself again, I'm like, ah, I'm in a, you know, while growing up, I told myself that I am going to be involved emotionally in my children because that's one of the things that, of course, from my story, you would discover that there was no emotional presence, so to say, you know. I did not really, you know, I was just, as I was saying the last time, that when anybody sees me, you know, acting in court, mush mush with my wife, I didn't learn it from, it's not, I mean, it's not just, there was no, I could not feel that emotional presence. So that was why I was in school at a particular time, and thank God for some people around me, I mean, some people that God brought around me. This particular, this particular lady that she happened to be maybe a sister in Christ right now, she came to me and she was, she was, I just, God just led me to her, and I started saying some things to her, and she, it looked like what she was going through. And at some point, I started following her up, until one day that God led me to their house, she was already discussing on how to go to a, a herbalist. And I was wondering, why would you want to go to a herbalist? And then, she told me that, and I know this, this lady, her parents are very rich. In fact, her dad was my lecturer in school. So I, why would you want to do this? said, the man has a lot of money, many, many things and all that. But she's doing what she does not want to do because they forced her to do it. So she, wants, she feels that when she has enough money, she will take, do her will and do what she wants to do without the, the influence. 
So that looked like my story, or that looked like something I could relate with. So I'm like, oh, emotionally, they're not there. That means they're not looking at what you really want or how you feel about something. They're just loading something on you, okay. which is not really good. And then, of course, I picked it. It's something I do most of the time. And most people who know me from school know that I do pick up people like that, and I just have to speak to them. So these things caused healings for me because when I look at myself, I'm like, ah, if, if not that, my uh, parent did this or this one. I would have been here, I would have been this. But why? why what's the... They knew how to... They, Okay. They did it the way they could do it, so I just okay. learned to forgive in that, in that okay. instance. Is it possible for us to explain people's action away? Yes. No, I, I need someone to... I thought Funke wanted to talk the other time. She was looking for the microphone. You want to talk? Okay, uh, so... Okay, so we take you, we take, uh, we take her. No, 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 yeah... Um, do quite fast. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We can't hear your voice. We can't see your Praise voice. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Better. Okay. I'm born into a polygamous family. My mom is like the last wife. And four. Okay, so my mom is like a daughter to my dad. Wow. How many polygamous? Um, <laughs> like She's my dad, my dad children are already giving birth before they give birth to me. So I'm like, the, I'm the last one of the family. Okay. Yes, yeah, some. Last child. Okay, please go on. Okay. My dad didn't send us to school because he said his dad didn't send him, so he won't send any children. I, I can't even hear you. I want to be able to pick. Oh, okay. Okay, I didn't hear that. Well, we are many. <laughs> so, my mom became born again. She joined Deeper Life. That was. <laughs> my mom joined Deeper Life Bible Church. So that's when I, she gave birth to me. Like, she's already a member. So. So when, so there's a particular mark they give other children. So when she joined Deeper Life, they didn't give, I'm the only child they didn't give the mark. I don't know, but that's what she told me. So. Along the line, she has, our dad died. I was, I think I was in primary one or two. But I know him as, he's a very old man, he's already using walking stick. So I, already, I know him. So. After some time, we are separated. All my sister, I don't know, I don't know where they are anymore. So it was like, after our dad, each brothers took each children, like take care of your father's children and all that. So I end up in one of my brother's house. So along the line, my mom actually paid for my school fees right from time, because I'm the, I'm the last one and she's paying for my own school fees. So later, 
my after they chased me home for school fees. My mom was not with us, so the brother, my brother asked me to stay back, so I didn't go to school again because my mom is not around. So we don't know where my mom was. We just, we are just separated. So later, I found my mom. My mom came back to Lagos. I think she said, they said she would sit down or something. <laughs> but then, I don't know. But later, she said she has to stay. So after some times, my mom went to, because there's no place for her to stay in Lagos. So she has to go to her grandma's place, her mom's place, her own mom. That's how me and my mom, we have been together. So from our mom's place, she rented apartments. We stayed together, we are staying together. From there, I don't know what happened to her, but she has to send me back to the village to go and meet. Uh, I call her grandma, because she's like my grandma, but it's my dad, younger brother, wife. But he's like a grandma to me, so I call her grandma. So I was there for four years before my mom not came. Because my mom dropped me. I didn't see her for years. So I don't know what she was going through then. But So when I, I didn't grow up like a family. I didn't grow up in any family. Like I was not stable in one place. So my mom came. They told me that I have to. They told the woman that I have to leave that. My brothers want to. My sister wanted me to come to her place. They actually said, ah, I should not go. That they will adjust to what they are doing. I said, no, let me just go. My mind is no more here. And I don't want to spoil so the just, relationship. Just wrap it up for us. Okay, so after that, I came, I went to my sister's place and we started. I was there. After some times, my sister told me, you have to leave. I said, what, what have I done wrong? She said, I should leave, that I should go back to the village. That I can't go back. So I become homeless because I told my mom I'm not going back. I'll, I'll survive it anyhow. So I got another job. They told me that you'll be staying with us. I was even happy when they gave me the job. That, ah, like, you know what I'm actually looking for. So they gave me a new small room there. So I was working and then I was, and I was okay. So later, like that, the journey through, throughout everything. So it's not easy because. But I, I give God all the glory today that I'm here. So where, where are you now? In the, um, maybe I should ask uh, Lala. Can you speak to uh, Can you speak to her based from your soul safari experience? What she needs to also do. She's still on a journey. What can she do? That's a very touching story for me. Um, so, I was I was actually looking at all the teenagers when she was sharing her story, and I wanted them to listen. That what you actually have right now is a privilege. What you have right now is, in fact, I, I just right now sent the message to my mom that thank you, thank you because uh, uh, you. My mom considered it that she would not have done well if all of her kids do not have a minimum of a master's degree. And that was, that was it. She was a single mother, but she was clear about it, that before you leave me, the minimum all of you will have with a master's degree. And uh, so, 
whilst I came, and I'm going to speak to this, whilst I came from, I came from a polygamous home, I, I was raised by a single mother, but I don't have any, you know what people talk about when they say they came from a single home, there was one thing, they are dysfunctional, I'm very functional. I don't know how to explain, because when my brother was going to get married, you know, uh, the, the people he was going to get married to, the family was very concerned. They said because he came from a, uh, a single home, that they don't think, you know, we, my brother qualifies. So my brother said, no problem. Bring your siblings. Let me bring my siblings. So we all showed up. They showed up. My brother was asking, what, what do you do? You do this. What do you do, Ronke? Uh-huh. You, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? And so we could match them even better. And so they just, they just said, ah, this one, you don't, you don't come from a single home. You came from a home where your mother was both father and mother. So that's why I just said, um, for, the, for, for her, for instance, it's, all of us are product of our history. Yeah. And it's a perpetual battle. Yeah. It's a perpetual battle. Uh, Already, when you see people like you don't know what they've gone through, mm -hmm. you, you want to probably judge them mm -hmm. and say you, you should have done better, you should know better. Mm. But someone can, someone can know better, mm. especially when you've not experienced any better. Mm. Then we also talk about forgiveness. The truth about it is that some people will find it very difficult, even if they forgive, they will never give access to their parents anymore. Because when they want to compare themselves to other children, they don't feel they match up in any way. So, uh, and because she's already in her 20s, you know, she, she doesn't have all the time in the world to discover herself. Already she, she's, re she's responsible for somebody already. It would have been a, a totally different ball game if she don't have anybody responsible for, if she was not responsible for anybody. It would have been a totally different ball game. But one thing I am most certain about is that when it comes to this work that we do, I've come to a conclusion. For a lot of us, we must realize that you are, you are a pioneer. Yeah. And what I mean pioneer is that it is from your own generation yeah. that things must have to make sense. Yeah. And so I would not advise you to say, you know, uh, do self-discovery. And I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I gave a friend of mine this example. When we were in the University of Lagos, we sponsored him. We, his friends, sponsored him through uni. You know, he was really smart. He wanted to become a doctor. But he came from a family where his mom was a trader, petty trader. His father was an alcoholic. The kind of alcoholic that in Dopemu, he was known. You know, you know, we lead him home. That was the kind of, he was from a very dysfunctional home. So when he got, um, what did um, no, what did this lady, no, what did this lady read? This lady that was shot, um, sorry. Pharmacology. He read pharmacology seven years in the University of Lagos. His friends were the ones sponsoring. When it was done, you know, he now said he wanted to go back. And we sat down and we looked at it. You are the only, we are the first person in your, in your generation to actually get a degree. Now, he had six siblings. All of them were not in school. He was the only one that was done with school. And he now said he wanted to go back again to go and start, you know, medicine. Because in his opinion, he felt that if he does this medicine, at least one way or the other, he showed that he has Omutila. But we now thought about, okay, how do we sponsor you? Because we were the ones sponsoring him. That all of us were leaving school. How do you continue? And, you know, we came to a logical conclusion. You are very smart. 
you are extremely smart. We know you will get a job. And if you follow through on, you know, getting that job, and ensure you are the best of the best of the best at it, you know, you are going to grow through the ranks, and in 10 years, you would have been able to, you know, be stable by yourself, and of course, help your siblings. As I speak to you, is the branch manager, First Bank, um, Alec. And he has now sent all of his siblings to a private university. Mm -hmm. Now, the goal he wanted to achieve, you know, of going back to school, he is now comfortable enough to do it. Mm -hmm. Because he was a pioneer. So, you, cannot, you cannot, in the bid of trying to say, okay, can I win your share? Okay, I now want to do it because they are doing it. But your own, everybody's story is different, it's peculiar. Yeah. You have to look at your situation and as, assess it properly. If I go this line of doing what it is I am doing, she mm. Because, oh, Lela, sorry, what I mean is that you cannot, there are some breakthroughs that you are not breaking through for yourself. Mm. You are breaking through for a lineage. Yeah. Do you understand? Uh -huh. So if I advise her, for instance, what she's doing, she might be passionate about it. Yeah. But the truth about it is that it's, there's no breakthrough there for a lineage. That's the truth about it. It's not scalable. And so if you want to consider it, you must look at it and ask yourself. Ask yourself fundamental questions. It's not even a function of passion. Because this is not you. You are carrying the weight of a generation on you. It's not, it's not your passion anymore. It is asking yourself, how do I break this, this limiting you know, weight over my generation? And for, so for that, you can't say, eh, eh, I just feel that book of machine, what you are passionate about. It's not, there's no passion in this one. There's no passion, there's no passion about it. You ask yourself, for instance, what, what are the necessities? Yes. If you're a second generation, there's some people in second generation world. Totally different. What I will tell them is totally different. Somebody's third generation world. What I will tell them is totally different. So it's inspired business. You look at yourself, you ask yourself, my own, this one now. I, for instance, now, me, I'm second generation. There's a way I can do what I want to do. But someone that is first generation cannot do it like me. Then me, I cannot also do that. Someone that is, so for instance, it, or third dollar is third generation. DJ Kupi can be, DJ, third, let me not put this on here. In terms of skills of a DJ, DJ Kupi, Kodato, Wale? Wale or DJ Rio? Or Kodato? Kodato? But as I speak to you, sir, she's the DJ, official DJ of the Oil Barons Association of the World. It is not the skill sets. It is the, you understand, the lineage. No fun access here. If me now I can't, I can't do DJ. And I say, ah, but DJ, passion me. Ah, passion. So, so in, in everybody's case, you must ask yourself, what's, let's measure the generation. Generation will look all la, need delewa. And what I mean by Lila, for some of us, is education. You are fortunate to that. You are the first person to get an education. That means you are on a different level. Some families have never had one million in their account. Ever. 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 Some family has never owned a block, a piece of land in Lagos, not less of a block. The way everybody must run must be different. Now you are now, now related with someone that the father has 16 houses. I show you the wine mini. Sorry, I'm in church. Are you whining me? <laughs> you know, so, so, oh, okay. So, in, in, so, and I hope, but I hope I'm making sense. Yeah. I hope I'm making sense. So everybody, just take catch your sob. So the way Latoya will run, I must enable her in such a way that when she's running, you know, there are some things she should not do because the purpose of having inheritance is such that a generation should not work for the, something yeah. twice. Yeah. You know. So, and and that's the. The real thing about it, ask yourself what I'm doing, this, whatever it is I'm doing now, can it break me through, 
break my son through, break his son through. And if he can't, don't bother yourself. Reset and ask yourself, and what's the way for I tell people, tech? Something that can break anybody through is tech. And you know what is interesting about tech? If what you like is, I'm good with numbers, just data, analytics, and science for you. If what you like is that I'm good with designs, I just like everything that has to do with design and image. There's graphic design, there's UI, UX, there's... Uh, you know, she has, she likes makeup. It's designer. Huh? What's makeup? What's design? Is it not body filler? Makeup is body filling, huh? if you know what I mean. And it's still design. It's image. If what you say you like is you like critical thinking, you know? You like to critically think and analyze stuff. There is programming. And because the truth about it is that I, sometimes, you know, as much as we want to make people feel uh, God will do it, something, something, the burden that a pioneer, the weight of the pioneer, is totally different from the weight of someone that's a second generation or third generation. For instance, I asked Rufumi to wake up when she was speaking, you know? She said she wasn't sleeping. I said, I wanted that to hear. Because, you know, they, we, we, a lot of us don't realize how privileged we are. We don't realize. We've taken it for granted. We're just, we're just taking it for granted. They said, okay, you can speak English. You can speak English. Someone that is smarter than you, way, way better than you, will he articulate a sentence, not because he, he doesn't have the capacity, but he never experienced the, the four walls of a, a, a system to give him the opportunity okay. to. Okay. So, um, I hope that you have that. I mean, we, we, there, there is, it's not just applicable to her. It's applicable to every one of us in this room. I, I want to believe that um, I'm one of those people who fall into the category of a pioneer. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing certain things that require extra effort. If my wife is thinking through, but there are things that I have to pull through uh, that I didn't, uh, I pulled through on my own. And not because uh, I just leverage on the support system that I have. And I want you to please learn from, from that. Um, everybody in this room has a story. Every one of us, you've had other people's story. Uh, let's just leverage on this. And one of the things that this community, and that's what I keep saying to people, listening to everyone here tonight, you can't throw away at the place of joining yourself to a community. You can't throw away joining yourself to uh, the Word of God. So everything you probably need is wrapped up in the world. It's not probably. Everything we all need is wrapped up in the world. So those two things, belonging to a community, building your life on the word of God, it's a matter of time. It may look like a long journey, but it is sure, it is steady, it is predictable. Uh, what looks like challenges today becomes uh, stepping stones. Uh, there are things, I mean, today, for example, I had the privilege to, to, to talk to uh, a, a young pioneer pastor. I'm just using that. It's not, when I say pioneer, I'm not even talking about church. And I just pick up my paper as he was talking. And I was just drawing something on the day. And he was looking at me because he has prayed, like according to him, he has fasted. But whatever he wants to resolve, I just picking paper and drawing things. It just resulted for him. 
And when he left me, I was now casting about. They are just basically my own experiences of pain, of betrayal, of anything that I shared with him. He said he's going to go and come back. I said, ah, you, you, the door is open. But I'm just saying that, that, I mean, for some of these, our experiences, it's actually for us not only to learn and pull through, but also to become uh, a source of blessing. We will help others who along their journey uh, of life will be able to pick something from us. You want to say something, sir? Yeah, can I have the microphone? Uh, we take you next Wednesday. We take you next Wednesday, please. Thank you so much. Uh, please, let's appreciate those who have spoken. Let's appreciate them. Sincerely speaking, you may not know the impact of this series. Um, is you know, uh, demystifying things that confuses Christians. Uh, many people who say they are Christians, they are going around with a lot of baggages. And that is what has complicated Christianity in our own generation. What you are doing here, is working healing in our lives and making us whole. Because uh, what we are is troubling us is not the so-called sin, so to speak. Uh, because we have known that. But there are things that we grew up with that we don't have answers to. I can connect with everybody who has spoken. And those of us who are at my birthday ceremony use, I said a little bit of my own life story. For a long time, it was the intervention of the Holy Spirit that made me to forgive my dad. Why? Because there is this question in my mind that why? Why must it be that it was when it was my turn that thing, his business went bad? You know, it was a produce buyer of those days and he asked money. All my brothers, they rode rallies, bicycle rallies in those days. Yes, in my village, my dad is a big shot. And most of my brothers, in fact, there is none of my brother who will come to this Lagos. I had my own direct brother. The house he lived at, Moshin, uh, Idioro uh, there. It was my dad that helped the man to buy the land. Yet, he didn't own a plot. Another of my brother went to work in Badagri. When they heard that his son of Allah, they said, ah, no, live here. Your father is a good man. He has good name, but no good resources. So I, I said, ah, I wish the man didn't die early. I wanted to ask him, what, is, what are you thinking about? And you are giving back, he has three wives. You are giving back to his children. He, he has sponsored people to university. You know, I shared a lot, some of the story. I was looking for somebody to send me to school. I said, I want to go to school. Nobody. So they, they, they said that, okay, he has helped this one to go to university. Let's go and see him. They were taking me around. We got one. He was lecturing in the University of Ife. By the time he finished, he just gave me a post office address. So, it was God that helped me. This, to give your life to Christ, is a divine intervention. You know, Allah says something, 
that some of us are pioneers. We are pioneers. You see, if you are born and you are born again, just know that whatever happens to you, whether in the past or in the future, is a script that is unfolding. I will end the story because time is fast spent. It with Psalm 1 row 5, verse 18. It's the story of Joseph. Psalm 105, verse 18 says that they bruised his feet with shackles. His neck was put in iron. For no, no reason. But by the time the whole story finished, he said, even you guys meant it for evil. But God meant it for good for me. Why God is behind the scene to send him ahead to Egypt to preserve a generation. My sister, you are privileged. And God has ordered your steps. So this community that we have is one of the th advantages of belonging to a community like this is to you know, um, you know, have the opportunity to speak out like this. In some other places, you will not speak. You will just be pretending to one another in church. But the Bible says we should confess to one another so that we can be healed. It's not only when you sin, but some things that are eating you up inside. When you have an opportunity to speak. So, for speaking out tonight, something has happened to you internally. It will free you to know that even though you don't have a privileged background, your own children will not be like that. Because they are going to build on what you have achieved. The Bible says, or is it the Bible? They say that the essence of inheritance is that two generations should not work for the same thing twice. So some of us, what God is dealing with us now is so that the coming generation can climb on our shoulders. And God will perfect everything that concerns us in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. Thank you for the service, oh God, tonight. Thank you for the entrance of your world. Thank you for us hearing those story. We ask for healing. We ask for wholeness. We ask for the help of your spirit to be able to pull through our transition experiences. Thank you because we are blessing uh, a new generation for you. Thank you for your blessing over our lives. We are filled with your wisdom. We are filled with your mind. We are filled with your grace. Thank you for everyone's story. Thank you for using our story, Lord, to lay the foundation of a wonderful future. We made that commitment that we will follow you in the light of your world. And your glory is shared along our way. We thank you for your blessing. Thank you for everyone online. Take all the glory for every life. In Jesus' precious name we pray. This message is brought to you by the Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2-3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthousenggy.org for more.